Little honeybees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Good morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our community who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. That cute little theme song you just heard was performed and arranged by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's gotten to be very popular, and she's even sung on the Grand Ole Opry. We're really proud of this young woman, and even more proud to say that she's from Monroe County, Tennessee. And this morning, we're going to set the table with strawberries. Our first guest is Ronnie Lundy. She just won a James Beard Award for Best Cookbook of the Year for 2017. She's going to let us know all about her family's story about strawberry pie. Then we get to hear from Fred Sausman. He talks about Mother's Day strawberries and Wayne Scott. Mary Constantine shares a recipe for strawberry jam. A visit with David Lay, who's a strawberry farmer from Goshen Valley, Tennessee. And hear about his wife singing. Her name is Linda Lay. And I've got news about a wine festival that is coming up and how you can put your name in the hat to possibly win tickets to attend. Plus, I've got a beautiful Mother's Day gospel song from Hazel Dickens and Alice Gerard. Thank you so much for tuning in here with us today. I really, really appreciate it. Now let's get started. Our first guest is Ronnie Lundy. Like I mentioned, she just won a James Beard Award for Best Cookbook of 2017. This is one of the most prestigious awards you can win in the world of food writing. And uh, she's a Kentucky native and just a really good human being. And the name of her latest cookbook that has won this award is called Vittles. It's spelled V-I-C-T-U-A-L-S. And she spells her last name L-U-N-D-Y. Before her book went out on tour... I went over to her house in North Carolina, I guess it was last August, and I recorded some stories from some of her books, and uh, we're going to start off with this one on strawberry pie. Drive-in strawberry pie. For all my daughter knows, the days before air conditioning may well have been in prehistoric times. I do not begrudge her the pleasure of living in a climate-controlled house or the luxury of driving to and from work in August without once breaking a bead of sweat. But I do believe my daughter has lost something in exchange for this shelter from summer's torpor, 
a subtle but telling edge of pleasure that marks certain seasonal delights. She can savor the juicy sweetness of the first ripe watermelon of the season, but for me, the beauty of that fruit was also tangled up in the arid ride across Corbin and my Uncle Charlie's hot Buick with the sticky straw seat to the fruit market, which was always dark and a good 10 degrees cooler inside. In the back were galvanized tents filled with melons, frigid water, and big velvety blocks of melting ice. I got to put my arms up to the elbow in the water to pat prospective melons and could dangle my hands there while Charlie and the proprietor pulled a plug to check a prospect. The ride home was as good as air conditioned with my still cold arm pressed against one cheek and the frosty melon full of promised pleasure clutched beside me on the seat. Back home in Louisville, going to the drive-in restaurant was another summer respite. No steamy kitchen for my mother, and hard as it is to imagine now, sitting in the car with windows rolled down under the drive-in's canopy seemed as cool as basking in an ocean breeze. We had burgers, onion rings, and if the temperature was hot enough, cokes with dinner and shakes for dessert, cold enough to give you a headache. But there were also times when dinner was not the destination. Instead, we made the trek simply for pieces of a in-season strawberry pie. Now, with huge, crunchy California strawberries at the grocery year-round, it's hard to remember the heady gluttony of real strawberry season when every night you had ice cream or shortcake and every morning strawberries and cream and the local drive-in restaurants put up signs proclaiming, yes, we have strawberry pie. That was the siren call to my mother, her best friend Sarah, and my cousin Billy, all of whom loved beyond reason the flaky pastry crust filled with whole crimson tart berries held together in a sweet strawberry gelatin and topped with silky whipped cream. You can get poor imitations of these pies anytime you want now, but I'm here to tell you that the out-of-season strawberries and factory reddened goop that surrounds them don't hold a candle to the real thing. Billy or Sarah would call sometimes in the heat of the day, sometimes late at night, and tell my mother to get ready they were coming by. Billy's son, Rocky, was just my age, and Sarah's boys, Larry and Keith, flanked us on either side by a year. While I love them all, um, they did tend to get a bit rowdy. I was perfect, of course. On the way to the ranch house, the drive-in which made the best strawberry pie in the connoisseur's opinion, the women would balance their fear of embarrassment from wild children with the pure pleasure of eating the pie off a real plate instead of off the paper plate it was served on outside. We would hold our collective breath in the back seat, knowing from experience that a verbal urging from any of us could tip the balance in the wrong direction. Inevitably, though, by the time we got to the turquoise building, they would have decided to go inside if you children can behave. Come on in, it's cool inside, proclaimed a sly blue penguin painted on the glass, exhaling a blast of white icicled air with his invitation. In fact, it was no problem for us to behave. That first blast of arctic air as we stepped through the door stunned us into absolute submission. It was so cold we had to hold our bare legs and shorts up off the plastic seats until they got accustomed to the chill. And then it was pleasure enough just to lean back, basking in the unaccustomed iciness. The pie. The pie was the exquisite capper to the whole experience. We all got frosty glasses of milk and could not fathom why our mothers would opt for hot and bitter coffee. 
We compared pieces to see who got the largest whole berry, the winner gloating as he or she ate every bite all around that last luscious one. And as long as we could contain ourselves afterwards, the mothers would sit and smoke and talk, letting themselves be smoothed by the chilly pleasure. Uh, but of course, the sugar from the strawberry confection usually took its toll, and like bugs brought back to life from hibernation, we'd begin to squirm and wiggle, pinch and whine, all of which got us evicted from the Garden of Eden in no time. And you've been listening to a story about drive-in strawberry pie by Ronnie Lundy. She wrote Vittles and won a James Beard Award with it for Best Cookbook of the Year 2017. More information about her, the podcast of this show, and all the guests on the show, always at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Just look for the link that says listen to the show. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block north of Broadway on North Central Street. Magpie's Bakery can accommodate most budgets and styles, from a simple rustic barn dance with pies, cookies, and cupcakes, to a country club affair with a custom creation. With a full selection of ready-made designs, or they can create custom designs for your special event. Images of their ready-made designs and details on custom orders and appointments at magpiescakes.com. Magpie's Cakes. All butter, all the time. And here's something coming up that I thought you might be interested in. On May 20th, the Nine Lakes Wine Festival in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, on the water at Melton Lake Park with 20 Tennessee wineries, 100 plus wines and ciders, food, live music, wine seminars, chef demos, and the Barrels of Fun charity race benefiting Casa of Tennessee Heartland, aid to distressed counties of Appalachia, and numerous humane societies, plus Girls Inc. Oak Ridge. Details and ticket sales at NineLakesWineFestival.com. And if you'd like to put your name in the hat to win two tickets, to this wine festival, TennesseeFarmTable.com, and look for the link that says Wine Festival Tickets. I'll put all the names in a hat and draw them, and I'll let you know if you win. And now, let's hear from our friend Fred Saussman with Seasons Evenings. It's the power of old-time advertising. Set up on the side of the road, haul out a sign, announce strawberries. Within minutes, buyers converge. Be the seller Scott's, Thompson's, or anyone with the patience to shepherd a strawberry patch through an unpredictable Tennessee springtime and customers appear out of nowhere. License plates prove the speed of the age-old communication method. Word of mouth sells strawberries. Strawberry passion in southern Appalachia runs deep. Back to the Cherokees. For some of us, thoughts turn to pies with an accent of rhubarb. Others pinch off green caps. 
cup their hands for errant juice, think to do a quick rinse of the berry, and at about two bites it's gone. No time even for sugar. Hard to fathom, but I have encountered people who abhor chocolate. I've yet, though, to talk to a soul who failed to appreciate a strawberry. We expect them all spring. May 10th was my mother's birthday. It was the line of demarcation between a strawberry-deprived spring and a few weeks of paradise. Nowadays, the expectation kicks in earlier, with hardier varieties backed by solid science from agricultural schools across the country, we start scanning roadsides in late April. We may cheat and pick up a South Carolina box of strawberries before then, but call it bias or regional pride, nothing for us beats the yield of some of the world's richest earth the alluvial deposits along the Nolichucky River in East Tennessee. I walked those fields one crispy cold spring day about a decade ago alongside a man named Wayne Scott. He read volumes into a tender leaf and an even more vulnerable blossom. He had given up a secure career as a high school agriculture teacher to venture into the risky world of strawberries. His weather charts read like a pilot's log. If there were a Strawberry Hall of Fame, Wayne Scott would be my first nominee. He reshaped the tastes of East Tennesseans. He helped us realize that California berries were a compromise. I'm not sure Wayne Scott ever heard the word locavore or used the phrase farm to table, but he embodied the ideas long before a lot of other folks. I can't eat a strawberry today without thinking of that day near the Nolichucky River or my mother's smile when that first bowl of very lightly sugared strawberries was placed with pride on our Tennessee table. Some years, when the calendar and the season aligned just right, Mother's Day, my mother's birthday, and strawberries occurred on the same day. It was cosmic convergence. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Sausman. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes to you in part by Kenner Tree Care, family owned and operated out of Louisville, Tennessee. Kenner Tree Care is proud to support this type of local community broadcasting. A certified arborist insured for your protection offering removal of dead or problem trees, tree pruning, storm emergencies, tree care, soil conditioning, and tree and stump removal. Contact Kenner Tree Care by phone at 865-686-8344 or by Facebook. Kenner Tree Care. Tree Care, Nature's Way. Hey, sweet baby, 
And now it's In the Kitchen with Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. Pick your own signs have been cropping up all over our area announcing the arrival of strawberries. As an added testament to their coming out party, are numbers of photos on social media showing line after line of fruit-filled flats and or row after row of homemade strawberry jam. My daughter-in-law puts up strawberry jam each year and she uses the recipe on the Sure Gel package. And each year, my son manages to eat all of it long before the holiday season arrives because, you see, Mama always wants at least one jar of jam for the holidays. This year, my daughter-in-law has put up 89 half-pint jars. Of course, many of her family would love to have a jar, like me, but I'm pretty sure by now my son's got a lock on that cupboard door. If you want to try your hand at making strawberry jam, here's a simple recipe from picktennesseeproducts.org that'll get you started. All you need is two cups of crushed strawberries and four cups of sugar. Combine them in a large bowl, mix well, and let them stand at room temperature for 10 minutes. While those are resting, mix three-fourths cup water in a saucepan with a 1.75 ounce box of powdered fruit pectin. Bring the pectin and the water mixture to a boil over medium-high heat and let it boil for one minute. Then you stir in the crushed strawberry and sugar mixture. Stir that mixture together for about three minutes because you want to make sure that the pectin and the fruit have become well incorporated. Then ladle the mixture into sterilized freezer jars, about uh, four half-pint jars, but you want to leave one half inch of headspace. Seal the jars immediately and let stand at room temperature until the jam is set. And you'll hear that ding, ding, ding. It takes about 24 hours. Then refrigerate the jars and use within a month, or you can freeze it if you'd like. Now, head out to your nearest farm and get picking. This is Mary Constantine with the Tennessee Farm Table. All right, now let's hear from David Lay. This is David of David and Linda Lay. He's a strawberry farmer from up around Rogersville in the Goshen Valley of Tennessee. Yes, that's a big amount. Yeah. Well, we're sitting here talking with David Lay, and you just got done with the farmer's market, didn't you? Yep, we had a real good day. This was the first Wednesday market for the Market Square market this year. What all did you bring? Just tomatoes and strawberries. That's it. Did those strawberries last long? No, we sold out pretty quick, which tells me I didn't bring near enough and sold all the good tomatoes. We were down into not so first quality tomatoes, but we were still selling them too. How do you have tomatoes so early? It's amazing what you can do with two pieces of plastic and a wood stove. <laughs> We've had tomatoes all winter long. So you are David Lay of David and Linda Lay. What's the name of your farm? Just David Lay Farms, I guess. Where's it at? Rogersville, Tennessee, about 70 miles east of Knoxville. What all do you farm up there? We're growing strawberries, tomatoes, lettuce, uh, spinach, kale, cabbage, broccoli, about five or six acres of heirloom tomatoes, plus red tomatoes and Roma tomatoes and yellow tomatoes. And uh, we're doing yellow squash and zucchini for Food City, and winter squash and some pumpkins. And I'm sure I left something out. 
Can't you think of anything else? That's enough. <laughs> pepper. Red, pepper. Both uh, green and red pepper. Your strawberries are good. I had some two weeks ago. They're better than those California berries that you get at most major chains. The berries we're picking this year are the best I've ever grown. When Before we came back home, we'd been doing four or five acres of strawberries in Frederick County, Virginia. But uh, when we came back home, we went the organic route. And I'm of the opinion that there is something to be said for the organic fertilizer. Uh, these berries, they've still got size but they're just sweet as sugar and they're not all blown up with a lot of nitrogen. You know, the yield might not be quite as good as we're used to, but we're pleased with how they're doing. We've not sprayed ours with anything as of yet, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not like there's some organic OMRI approved fungicides we could use, but we're trying to keep them picked close enough, even with all the rain we've had, we've still not had any trouble with them. No, you keep saying before you came back home, where were you two at? We lived in Winchester, Virginia for about 10 or 12 years. And uh, I went up there to work construction and then started back farming up there. And we ended up with a roadside farm market called Linda's Mercantile and went back to farming. But it was time to come home <laughs> uh, between our parents and our children and grandkids. It was just and we still had our place in Goshen Valley and it was just time to come home. Linda's Mercantile, isn't that a name of a CD I've seen? Yep, that was when Cracker Barrel started doing, got into the music business in a substantial way. Uh, Joe Wilson and the National Council for Traditional Arts kind of co-opt with Dan Evans, the founder of Cracker Barrel, to start this heritage music label. And uh, when they started it, it was supposed to be music that was really good, or good, a cross-section of different kind of music but it was not to be mainstream it was people that you might not necessarily hear on the mainstream radio and their way of marketing was these kiosks and you know it was a cool deal for us Linda got to do a old country record and Tom T and Dixie Hall had written a song about us called Miss Linda's Mercantile Store and talked about us farming in their farm market and this sort of thing and that ended up being the title cut of Linda's country record in Cracker Barrel. And Linda is his wife and her voice is beautiful. She's I'm married to her but she's a singer singer and she's singing better now than she ever has and she's a wonderful bass player too. She, Linda is a master artist for the state of Virginia in traditional singing through the Virginia Foundation for Humanities which Linda grew up uh, not far from the Crooked Road. She's always been involved with the music and stuff in Virginia and uh, John Loman who's the director of the Virginia Folklife program several years ago made Linda a uh, master artist in traditional singing and in fact she's got an apprentice this year that she's working with a real owner of vocals a real uh, 14 year old fiddle player by the name of Kitty Amaral who is amazing and uh, she has really made a lot of progress on her singing but she is quite the fiddle player. Well, we'll look for Kitty Amaral. Yeah, she may be with us in Knoxville sometime playing around. Who knows? David Lay and Linda Lay, I'm just so glad to know y'all now. Well, it's a pleasure, Amy, and something about you, you know, you, we genuinely like you, and it's like, for some reason, I feel like I've known you before, I, I, and I'm trying to put my finger on that, and maybe one of these days I'll figure it out. I feel the same way. Maybe people who love bluegrass and traditional stuff and farming just are kind of the cut from the same crop or yeah, something. I don't know. I don't know. 
but I'm glad to meet you and thanks for um, sparing some time. We're sitting here in the middle of this cement jungle of Knoxville, Tennessee, right here by the river. It's pretty, but I can't wait to get back to Blount County. Can you wait to get to Rogersville? I need to get on the tractor and get to working ground tonight because okay. we've had all this rain. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, thanks again, David. You're welcome. And you've been listening to an interview with David Lay of David and Linda Lay, strawberry farmers and musicians. You can find them at the Market Square Farmers Market and other markets. Connect with them on Facebook through the tab Listen to the Show at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. Hope you can join us again right back here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on the radio dial at WDVX.com out in Knoxville or anytime on our podcast, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on TennesseeFarmTable.com. And please tell your friends about us. We want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. Through an agreement with WDVX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.